0: And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome
1: to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask those questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great, thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it. As always, hope our listeners are doing well today too. Well, Brian, Thanksgiving in the rear view mirror. The holiday season ahead of us here. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, you know, quiet, <laughs> very quiet. So <laughs> yeah, not the typical.
2: It was a little surreal there, and but I guess we're all getting used to that now. It's just uh, commenting with someone recently. It's like you know, when I was let's say in my mid 40s, pick a year, I was 47. I don't know what I did when I was 47, but I will never forget all the nuances of 2020 for the rest of my life. I'm quite sure, nor will my kids or anybody listening probably.
1: Yeah, well, it's sort of a learning experience. You know, our parents, grandparents who went through the depression, they never stopped talking about that. Not that this has been the depression, but it has been pretty damaging for a lot of people, not only from an economic standpoint and a business standpoint with businesses closed, but also from a social standpoint. I don't remember any time in our lives. I mean, we have to go back to 1918, the flu pandemic of that era before we can even remember anything that had to do with such social distancing and just being so isolated. Yeah. And I think
2: something interesting there, because I think back on a year, I do remember my senior year of high school, for instance, or varsity on a couple of sports. I remember the games. I remember the homecoming thing I was involved in and, or the working on the float or the people I hung out with and the things we did. And this generation didn't get to do that That's that age. And yeah. or my freshman year of college, I, I could spend days talking about all the things I remember about that. And I know people that are freshman year of college, they didn't go. And they're just in their bedroom playing videos. And they're like, wow. I feel so bad for them because they missed out on so many things that it's kind of like, those are years that you're going to take with you, the friendships and so forth, the rest of your life. I still have my friends from my freshman year of college to this day. And you know they're from around the world. But these folks don't get to do that. It is sad that so many of the experiences, you know, beyond financial, just getting to know people and, and the social stuff of being isolated, that probably is, as you mentioned, Jeff, you know, the people that lived through the, the depression, you know, it's like it happened yesterday. Right. I would not be surprised if my kids 40 years from now act like 2020 was yesterday. They're able to remember every nuance of it.
1: Once COVID is over with, and I really have great hope that here in 2021 we'll see some major advances, but I think once COVID is over with, we're never going to go back to the way that we were doing things before. And that really is going to shape, I think, business, and it's going to shape the market, and it's going to shape the economy. Do you think that these advances that we've been taking advantage of here the past oh, eight, nine months or so are going to shape the economy as much as I think that it's going to shape it?
2: Yeah, I do. And I have thought that for some time. In fact, I adjusted all of our portfolios way back early in COVID to account for that. So as I started pulling money out of international bonds, uh, broad market dividend type strategies, I overweighted other strategies. So I overweighted the NASDAQ, which is essentially Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon, those companies, Netflix, those kind of companies. And then I overweighted a software ETF and a semiconductor, biotech, healthcare, telecommunications. So, you know, you're kind of getting a theme here. All the stuff that's doing great post-COVID, that's where I overweighted all the portfolios thinking, well, these these are the haves and they're going to have more because we're needing more and more of what they provide. And, you know, and even even looking at the S&P 500, which is very interesting, it is a market cap driven index and the top... Ten, I think all ten are, are technology and healthcare. And in the old days, in your top five, you had Exxon and Chevron and and you had different companies there. And now those companies that used to be there are way down the list. And companies that didn't exist are way up the list, you know, whether it's Netflix or, or Google or, or, you know, pick one. We've had a complete shift in even what the market, the definition of the market is, because the market... If it's market cap weighted S&P 500 is now tech stocks primarily, and you know for a big part of it, and so the market in the old days was a different market that was a more of a cross section. So it's just interesting to even see that change and, and how we adapted to that change. Not only did we have those things overweighted in our portfolios, but then we doubled down by adding individual sectors in those areas, saying, well, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a sports analogy, which we love on the show when you see a team you know, knock off an eight-yard run after eight-yard run after eight-yard run, I, I suggest you to keep running the ball. Right. <laughs> don't, right. don't overthink this. Don't mm. throw a, a reverse to the, to the, the receiver. Don't, don't, don't throw a halfback pass. Just keep running the ball until they can yeah. stop you. So that's kind of where we're, we're at with our
1: portfolios right now. Brian, a couple of weeks ago, the Dow reached and exceeded 30,000. I don't think we've ever seen that before. And it was the fastest rise of the market since 1987 in a month's time. Is this 30,000 something that we can put a lot of stock in moving forward? Or do you think that it's just a number?
2: Well, that's another interesting one because, you know, in, in one year, would you ever think that uh, the Dow would be, you know, in the teens oh, no. and in the 30s No, in the same year? <laughs> that's, whoa. Oh. I mean, that's the world. I mean, that's that's a big number. That's a big change. And to do it almost both directions, both in one year, that's just crazy how that that changed because the Dow dropped into the 19,000s. And then, yeah, it was near 30 before it did that. And then now it's back, you know, it's hit 30 and all that since then. So, but in answer to your question, I think, yes, I mean, certainly this was the expectation because I, I remember a show we did where I just did, you know, okay, I remember when the Dow was 1,000, I remember it was 2,000, when it was 5,000. And I had that graph up, and I just extrapolated. And the extrapolation, I believe it said by the year, I mean, don't quote me on this, 2030 or 2040, I can't remember which, that if you just draw that line forward, you're at 50,000 at some point. And so it does make sense that we're at this, this level, and it might have been 2030. So because markets go up, and I was, you know, I'm going to talk about that later on the show. But the fact that I can remember the Dow at 1,000, now we're talking 30,000, says, hmm, 30x in your adult lifetime. I mean, I'm old, but not that old, Jeff. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's quite a, okay, I think that evidence is there. I think we got some evidence uh, that
1: maybe the markets can be a very good thing in the long haul. Well, this 30000 certainly is encouraging, but we know that the market is a forward-looking indicator. And I think that this basically shows some promise or some hope for 2021, now that a COVID vaccine is on the horizon and that the presidential situation is somewhat solved. So I've got a friend who has a Series 7 license. That means a stockbroker who has always told me, you know, you buy the rumor and sell the news. Should we be excited about this 30000 enough that we would jump into the market? Or do you think that the market has room to go even higher that this might be a time to buy.
2: Well, it, you know, this might be a case for why you might want some advice because, as I mentioned earlier, the market is changed. The market did not go from 1,000 to 30,000. And you say, what do you mean by that? Well, the market when it was 1,000 was those other companies I was mentioning. Who knows? Sears might have been in there. You know, I don't know. <laughs> some of the companies that aren't here anymore. Maybe en- I think Enron was in it back then or Washington Mutual. Or you know, pick them, and and so if you actually stuck with that subset of stocks and went for the next 40 years, you're not at 30,000 at all. The reason it's at 30,000 is because they keep changing the makeup of the market. So if your portfolio was not consistently changing with the makeup of the market, and how many people have I talked to? When did you set this? I don't know, 86. You know, your 401k mix. Like, yeah, we might want to update that. We might want to refresh that to more be in line with the actual changes within the market because they're they're just not aware that even what the makeup of what they're in has been completely changed over the years or maybe it hasn't been and it should have been and that's probably why you know getting some financial advice from a good financial planner can make a lot of sense if they are on top of that too because a lot of them as I hear on the radio whatever they were doing 30 years ago they're still doing If they were, you know, 50% in bonds 30 years ago, they're still doing that. If they're just putting people in annuities, they're still doing that. And so you've got to have your portfolio reflect the fact that the world has changed, the market makeup has changed, and what may do well in the future has changed.
1: Well, I think the listeners of this program know that you do not rest on your laurels, that you do not have a set it and forget it sort of mentality here, that you do adapt to the market and adapt to the changing economy. And our loyal listeners certainly do know that if they want a look at their financial plan, or maybe they don't have one, and they want a complimentary no-obligation plan, that they can call 844-MADRONA and get that plan. It's very easy. You can also log on to the website madronafinancial.com and request your plan there. I want to thank everybody for joining us here. For growing your wealth, now entering its seventh year here on the radio. We're going to take a quick break when we come back, Brian. We're going to be talking about whether or not we'll have enough money in retirement. We'll talk about retirement income and more when our show continues right after this. Growing Your
0: Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Are you ready for potential changes coming to Washington? History has shown that key political and global events can dramatically impact the markets. At Madrona Financial Services, We understand how unsettling changes and uncertainty can be. And that's why we're here to help make sure you're prepared for them. Regardless of what the tax rate will be in four years, eight years, or 20 years, we'll help you be prepared. Whether the markets go up tomorrow morning and back down by the time you eat dinner, we'll help you be prepared. Madrona Financial Services will create a comprehensive retirement plan that's custom built for you by a team of professionals, one that takes into account your goals and your unique situation, so that you can have a reliable plan for your income, your investments, your taxes, your health care, and your estate. It's time to take control and have a plan you can be confident in. Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA today to set up your complimentary no-obligation meeting. That's 844-MADRONA, or go online to madronafinancial.com. That's MadronaFinancial.com. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled. Travel plans have been canceled. Sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On. Available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host,
2: Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about the makeup of retirement income. But before we get to that, I want to continue our discussion on the makeup of
1: the Dow. And Brian, of course, we mentioned the Dow passed 30,000, quite a milestone for that. A lot of people don't know, though, what the Dow Jones Industrial Average is made up of.
2: Yeah, so I I just pulled up a chart, and I pulled up one when I was in college, because I I mentioned that in my adult life, the the Dow was 1,000, and you think, oh, if I just bought the Dow and stuck onto that, I'd be up 30x right now? I'm like, no, you would not, because as I look at the components of the Dow, I'll just throw out some companies here that were in the Dow 30, it's 30 stocks is all, Allied Chemical, Aluminum Company of America, here's one, American Can Company, and this is 1982, American Tobacco, Bethlehem Steel, Kodak, International Harvester, International Paper, Sears Roebuck, Texaco, <laughs> Union Carbide, United States Steel, Westinghouse Electric, oh, and finally, F.W. Woolworth. <laughs>
1: okay. When's the last time you now, saw
2: Woolworth drugstores? I haven't I, seen one. eyed 40 years. So I think my point is really important here because we say, well, if you just bought these stocks and stuck with them, you'd be way up. No, I'm thinking a third of the companies in the Dow don't exist anymore. And now we look at the Dow and it's Amgen, Apple, Cisco, Home Depot, Intel, Johnson Johnson, JP Morgan, McDonald's, Merck, Microsoft, Nike, Salesforce, United Health, Verizon, Visa, Walgreens, Walmart, Disney. Big difference. And what was dropped in 2020 was Exxon. And so Big difference in the makeup of the Dow, so we, we can say you know, the market went up a whole bunch. But you're really comparing—you might be comparing. Well, not the market components of it. Sears did not go up since 1982, but Apple replaced maybe Sears, and you might say, "Well, see, if I'd own this this mix, I'd be way up." Not if you didn't adjust it, because it's a completely different. There might be ten that are still there from 82 of the 30, but. If you didn't adjust along the way, and if you were asleep at the wheel, you didn't participate. You you watched a lot of companies go out of business or, or close to it. I mean, Sears, Kodak, all those other companies, and the steel companies. I mean, everything's changed over the years. So that's why it's so important to be on top of the investments. And that's probably a big thing that's missing from folks that I talk to daily. So,
1: Brian, what you're saying is this Nash Rambler stock, this Studebaker that I've got here in front of me, maybe it's not worth Maybe I should just put it on the wall as a decoration, huh?
2: No, I think it's coming back, Jeff. I think we're going to go back to <laughs> Go back <Kodak>. to Studebakers. <laughs> we're going to peel off uh, those instant photographs, and we're going to be driving
1: uh, driving those Studebakers and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff anytime yep. soon here. Brian, I want to talk about something that a lot of people face You know, when you're getting ready to retire. Probably the most important thing is, am I going to have enough money to retire? What's my retirement income? So tell me about how that conversation goes when you have a first meeting with someone, and you're trying to decide how to create that retirement income and what it's going to be.
2: Yeah. Well, there's, there's a couple of components and I'll, I want to talk about the lump sum choices too at, at some point here. But the first thing is I've never really met anybody that says, I don't, I don't like retirement income. So we all like retirement income. And, but the funny thing is literally half the people I meet will say at some point early in the meeting, oh, and I don't like those annuities. Yeah, oh, right. tell me what you know about annuities. I hear they're bad. Oh, You you hear they're bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Where, where did you hear that? On the internet. I said, yeah, everything on the internet is true. So I guess we're done here. Uh, <laughs> no. It, it, so it's like, well, well, you heard it from Ken Fisher, Fisher Investments. I hate annuities. You do too. And they, yeah, yeah, that's where I hear it. Like, do you know Ken? Well, does he know you? Do you like social security? Because annuities, frankly, are better than that. Do you like your pension? I mean, it, you know, well, yeah, of course I like that. Well, annuities are have all the same attributes, but a few extras. And you hate that? Well, okay. I, uh, I'll listen a little bit. I think I hate them, but I don't know anything about them. And this is how my meetings go. So I often have to just spend some time going, will you at least open your mind to the prospect that you might like increasing lifetime cash flow second to die that can't run out with an extended death benefit if you pass away prematurely and access to, to funds along the way if you need them. Right, right. You, know, you might actually find that that's a good thing. And so you're like, huh, but I, I like the market too. Yeah, yeah we like the market. And I like real estate. Yeah, we like real estate. We like all of these, but certain things don't provide cash flow in retirement, guaranteed. For your life and so we tend to have to use the tool for the job i can't i can't buy berkshire hathaway and say yeah this is a great stock but they've never paid a dividend ever in their history so we can't put our all our money in something we like because it doesn't do the job that tool was not created to provide lifetime cash flow we might want to have certain stocks in our portfolio but We also wanna make sure some of it's geared towards giving us a check that we can spend the money from every month when we're
1: older and retired and aren't working anymore. Brian, when you're figuring income needs, probably the first conversation is what your outgo needs are going to be. Do you find that a lot of people really have a distorted view of what their outgo is gonna be?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and that's our kind of our trick question in our questionnaire, it's it's, uh, how much you make, you know, we get that, okay, you make 150 grand a year, how much do you spend? They'll say two thousand a month. I'll <laughs> go, okay. How much do you save? And they'll say, thousand a month. No. I think we're about 75000 off here. So then we you know, we factor in taxes and so forth. And then we realize and they go, oh, you know, you're right. I spend 6000 a month, not two. I didn't think about some of the other things. And then taxes and mortgage and vacations and things that come up, you know, they're, they're thinking about their groceries and their utilities and such maybe is all for the 2000 But usually it's, it's more than that. And so a lot of people are surprised how much I spend. And and so we'll do the financial plan, and if we do it in such a way that we're providing lifetime cash flow, it's really awesome when I can show them the plan at the end and go, "All right, you're spending six thousand a month right now. According to the plan, you could spend eleven thousand a month. You've got five thousand a month extra." that you can either not spend and leave to your heirs or your charities, or you can up your spending and you can retire sooner than you thought or whatever the case may be. So when that happens, it's really awesome to see the reaction. And the first thing they say is, are you sure your numbers are right? <laughs> They're all right here. You know, We can look at them. You know, and I went conservative on my estimates even to, to get there. It'll probably be better than what I'm showing you here. So, yeah, that is the first thing is to know what you're spending because, uh, you know, I, I have to have a whole different plan for somebody that spends 20000 a month and somebody that spends 2000 a month. And so that's the big one. And then the next thing is to figure out, well, what is your current money coming in? Social Security, pension, rental income, that kind of thing. And then how do we tweak this thing to make it much higher so that you have more security and cash
1: flow in your retirement years? So let's say that you take a look at your income. You've got your social security. Not a lot of people have pensions these days. You've got your investments. I mean, you've got your stocks, bonds. You've got your equities there. But people do not live off equities. At some point, you've got to turn those equities into an income flow. So what are some of the ways or what are some of the tools that you might use when you divest yourself of those equities to create that guaranteed? income flow
2: yeah that's a great question because some people listening might go you know I really like my equities and you know it's it's hard for me to think about taking money out of the stock market because I've been very successful in the stock market and I would continue you may not have to because you may look at your portfolio and if you think about the, the, the global scheme of things the money invested in the global stock market is second to the money invested in the global bond market. There's more money in bonds out there than there is in stocks, and you know, the bond is just entities borrowing money, and their bond with you is that they intend to pay you back the principal plus some interest. So, what a bond is, it's a promise. It's a promise from the federal government. It's a treasury bond. It's a promise from a corporation. It's a corporate bond. It's a promise from a city, a municipal bond. Their bond, their promise to you. Is that they intend to pay this back. So you don't have any equity in anything there. And bonds, you know, they have their their interest payments, though very low right now. Their valuation adjusts with interest rates. So if you have a bond, a promise from, let's say, the federal government, you bought it back when they promised you 6% for 30 years. And now new bonds of that nature, you know, they're promising you, you know, whatever, 2% for 30 years. You can sell yours at a premium. Because your, your promise is better than the new promises. So that better promise, because interest rates fell, that better promise makes yours worth more. So this is a great way to explain why bond values change. And we've seen this happen for the last 40 years, interest rates dropping. But we have to think that interest rates are going to continue to drop for us to make premiums on our bonds. Otherwise, we have the opposite effect, discounts. So let's say you bought a bond at 2% and new ones are paying 6%. Your, your your promise, your bond is not as good as new ones. Why would anybody pay you 100 cents on the dollar on that? They'll give you 60 cents on the dollar, 70 cents on the dollar, because you're locked in to a bad promise. And so that's why if rates go up, you lose money on bonds. So that's a, a kind of segue there to explain bonds in a different way. But if your portfolio is 60% stocks right now and 40% bonds, and you go, Yeah, I don't like those promises right now. Maybe you use annuities that pay lifetime cash flow as a bond substitute. You sell more of the bond component of your portfolio and continue to hold the equity component, which you've probably done quite well on. And now you just have more equities and uh, increasing lifetime cash flow second to
1: die. That's a good first step. That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs, and we're talking about whether or not you're going to have enough retirement income here in our program this week. Once again, if you'd like a no cost, no obligation financial plan with Brian and the staff there at Madrona Financial Services, again, that number to call 844 Madrona, no cost, no obligation whatsoever. 844 Madrona. Also, invite you to check out the website that would be madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We're going to take a quick break, Brian. When we come back, I want to continue. to talk about retirement income and also some of the risks that people may face in retirement and some ways to overcome those risks. When our show continues right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the
2: show you can't afford to miss. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com.
0: Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors. This is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian
2: Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans
1: CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about retirement income needs. And Brian, uh, you know, you've got this retirement stool and the legs on it should be pretty solid. The income legs that should be if you expect to have a nice, easy, solid retirement. Of course, most people have Social Security. We can pretty much depend upon that. We've touched a little bit on annuities, that is buying income with annuities. I want to talk a little bit about dividend paying stocks but are dividend-paying stocks really uh, something that we can look at for retirement income these days?
2: Well, yeah, it can be a component. We do have to be careful with dividend-paying stocks. As I pull up my graph of, say, the Vanguard dividend ETF, it is down year-to-date. And so the S&P 500, however, is up quite a bit year-to-date because the S&P has tech stocks primarily in it. And dividend-paying stocks aren't going to have a lot of tech stocks. So the NASDAQs up, which is all essentially tech stocks, is up 40% approximately year-to-date, whereas the dividend group is down slightly year-to-date. And they dropped the most when this COVID happened. And so you have to be a little careful if, if that's all you rely on, um, because they, they certainly took a quite, quite a hit for, for a time period there. And a lot of those companies are, are you know, going to struggle in the post-COVID world, whereas the tech stocks maybe won't struggle as much. So make sure that if you do have the dividend-paying stocks, that you certainly have some protections built in, that you don't just put all of your money into it. Because yeah, I think back to 2008, when we had the financial crisis, and people that were, were just doing dividend-paying stocks, let me tell you some of those, they were REITs, that publicly traded REITs, or they were bank stocks. Or, you know, those, those were primarily the, the dividend paying ones, you know, Washington Mutual or, or something like that. They're paying 5% dividends. And certainly oil and gas stocks or, or Master Limited Partnerships uh, pipelines. Well, all of these areas crashed. <laughs> they, they came to the ground in a hurry. So yeah, I was getting a good dividend. All of a sudden, my $100 city corp stock is now worth five bucks. And they cut their dividend to zero. You know, so you have to be a little careful with that, especially if you're buying individual stocks. You probably want to go more with a some kind of blended index of dividend-paying stocks rather than just buying one or two stocks.
1: Brian, is there any way that you can use insurance products or insurance in general to create income in retirement at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's in fact, I think that's, for certain circumstances
2: and ages, that's probably the best way to do it, especially some of the advanced techniques that we're, we're implying with some of our clients by putting money in early in life and using compounding and taking advantage of the tax laws that allow for life insurance investments to be income tax free. We've talked about this on the show, you know, the fixed index universal life. Essentially, it kind of looks like an annuity as it it grows. But when you take the money out, it's income tax free. And and that's going to be a big advantage when they jack the rates on us, which I think everybody listening thinks they're going to have higher rates, tax rates, and we're borrowing too much money. We, we got to increase, you know, they're going to increase the income tax rates on us. So to have a mechanism where you can provide cash flow in retirement that's tax-free, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. I, I think everybody listening would say, I, yeah, I want some of that. And I even penned an article recently that was published in Kiplinger on the best gifting strategy of our era, and that's gifting a fixed index universal life policy to the next generation or two generations down where you can provide an annual gift to somebody for a period of time. And then that will grow in their retirement when they say turn 60. So let's say you gave it to a 25-year-old or 45-year-old, whatever. When they turn 60, they can start taking monthly checks from this policy as a reminder of how awesome you are that you, instead of giving them a bunch of money they spent on a vacation, you annually put some money into something that gives, provides them with a 20-year cash flow in their retirement years that's permanently income tax-free, a monthly reminder of how awesome dear old dad or grandpa or grandma was, that they would think, think about them in their later years, what a legacy gift that is, and what you know, taking advantage of the tax laws at
1: the same time. It's just fantastic. Brian, all that sounds great, but are there any other leveraging opportunities that you can tell us about? Well, yeah. And with the Fixed Index Universal Life,
2: we have two leveraging opportunities. Um, and what I mean with that is the money put in uh, is actually uh, multiplied in some sense through something called premium financing. And so the, the first leveraging opportunity is anybody listening that makes over 100000 a year can do this one. They can do a three-to-one leverage. So what I mean by that. Is if you put in, say, you know, twenty-five thousand a year, then for five years, so let's say you earmarked one hundred twenty-five thousand for your tax-free retirement payments, the bank is willing to lend three times that, and so now your policy is four X what it would have been just on your own, and so you're going to have a much, much bigger, you know, retirement check essentially. The cost of that is the interest that they're charging, and the interest rates right now are extremely low on these because the banks know life insurance is very safe. They know you're going to pass away, and they know that the insurance company is going to be around. So they're willing to give you a very, very low rate, and your earnings on these policies are projected to be much higher than what you're paying. So you're just leveraging that. And so if you make hundred grand a year, you probably want to call us and get us An illustration to to look over, anyway. You owe it to yourself to at least look at it based on your age and and health history. If you make a hundred grand, this could be a huge benefit to you. And then finally, the other leverage, the big one, is anybody worth five million and up needs to give us a call because there's a a 10 to 1 leverage product out there that's just fantastic for the right person and that could super, super supercharge your tax free retirement income. If you have at least 5 million net worth, but probably more people listening to this show have under 5 million, but make a hundred grand. But Mm. if you do have 5 million net worth, uh, definitely give us a call and just yo it to yourself to at least get an illustration of what that looks like.
1: Well, Brian, this retirement income stool is looking pretty solid here. We got a lot of legs under us here with social security, annuities, dividend-paying stocks, insurance. Now you've just talked about leverage. I want to throw another leg under this to see if it's a possibility. And that is for those people who do have significant equity in their homes and they don't necessarily want to leave those homes to heirs, or maybe they don't have children. Would a reverse mortgage be a possibility to create some income here?
2: Yeah. If you don't have any legacy issues, and you have a house that you think you can live in even when you, let's say, you know, I've lived there my whole, my whole life, but it's a tri-level. Well, that may not be the best house to do a reverse mortgage on because maybe you can't navigate stairs in your 80s, you know. Uh, so if it's a place that you think you could stay for a long time and you have no heirs, certainly that that could be a, a decent way to go. But I will warn you, you know, I've, I've had this situation where somebody did that, and then their house wasn't okay for them and her husband passed away and they couldn't take care of it and couldn't navigate stairs. And they're like, huh, and now I don't have enough equity to buy another house because we spent the money that we got on this and I can't even buy a small rambler now. And so that was her situation. So kind of uh, nipped her that way. So you have to be very careful as you think this one through because there are different planning uh That's done for somebody that doesn't have heirs and somebody that does. Somebody that doesn't have heirs will take the life-only option instead of a lump sum on their pension because you get a higher payment if there's nothing, no residual. They might do a reverse mortgage. They might make sure their assets deplete over their lifetime as opposed to a different investment strategy where you want to leave something to your kids.
1: And with a reverse mortgage, you have to be at least 62 in order to do that, have a certain amount of equity in your home to be able to do that too. Now, with a reverse mortgage, Brian, I understand that you can take that payment in two ways, one of which is a monthly income, but you can also take a lump sum income. How would you decide or what criteria would you use to decide which way to take that if you do do a reverse mortgage?
2: Well, if you think about people that get lump sums, whether it's a lottery or or something, it's invariably—well, uh, not invariably, but certainly—those first two years, eighty percent of them, maybe I'll just throw a number out there. That money's gone, right? And so you might uh, consider who you are as a person. How you know? Are you gonna kind of go? Ooh, I feel pretty good. I'm gonna fly first class around the world and 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 outlive my you know live it live it up for two years, and then ooh, that money is what I was. Going to use for the next twenty years, and I can't go back uh, now. I don't have the equity anymore. Oops, And uh, that could be a big oops moment in somebody's retirement planning year. <laughs> so probably, if you're going to do a reverse mortgage, I'd be more inclined to take the monthly check just uh, out of a discipline uh, reason for that. But you know, like a, like we've been talking about, wouldn't it be better if instead we we certainly had earlier in your lifetime, maybe considered increasing lifetime cash flow from a fixed index annuity, the universal life policy for the tax-free cash flow, maybe some equity positions to pay, and maybe some real estate, whether it's passive or active, rental income, you know, there's a Probably better ways to get uh, cash flow in your retirement.
1: So do your due diligence if you're thinking about a reverse mortgage and take a good close look at yourself too to see whether or not a lump sum or a monthly income would be the right thing for you. But as you said, most people, it's only human instinct. If you get a big pile of money, somehow you'll figure out a way to spend most of that long before you should. We've been talking about retirement income and the retirement income stool here on Growing Your Wealth. We talked about Social Security, annuities, dividend paying stocks, insurance, leverage, and reverse first mortgages. If you have questions about planning your income in retirement or getting a retirement plan, once again, there is no cost, no obligation. To get that plan here from Madrona Financial Services, call 844-MADRONA to set up your complimentary consultation, 844-MADRONA. You can also request your plan online by going to madronafinancial.com. And I highly encourage you to check out the website and peruse the educational materials there too. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take a quick break. Be back with more of our our show and talk about some retirement risks to consider. All that and more when our show continues after this.
0: Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans.
2: Today I wanna to talk about one of the best gifting strategies I've ever heard of. There's a couple ways you can gift. You can gift money now, you can give money later, maybe when you pass away. Now I've had a lot of clients say, I kinda of wanna give some money now, but I don't wanna give my kids or grandkids cash because I don't know what they're gonna do with that. And certainly if you give a young person money, you might suck away some of their motivations. Let's say you're 18 years old and you got $300,000, you might say, I don't wanna to go to college, that's hard. I'm set for life, I got $300,000, I don't need to work. And so, you know, we all know you don't want to do that but I still get asked the question how can I give money now and and on top of that if I don't give it now and I wait the estate tax rates might go way up on me and I'll have to be giving it to the federal government instead of my kids and grandkids what can I do now where I still have control over it that can help them down the road So I do like the idea of gifting now if it's for something like college or maybe a down payment on a first house. But this is the other dilemma. So the strategy I use is a fixed index universal life policy. So let's say you put $10,000 a year into somebody's account for years and years. And then within that policy, it's going to pay out money to them income tax free, say from age 60 to 80. So you can give somebody something equivalent to a pension now and put it in an irrevocable life insurance Trust to protect it from them and provide for them so that when they're older and they're getting these monthly checks throughout their retirement, they'll remember dear old dad, dear old mom. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial,
0: investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com.
1: Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com.
0: Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com.
2: Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to talk about risks
1: in retirement. And Brian, one of the risks that I think of that a lot of people do not consider is the fact that we're living longer than we ever have before. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a good thing that we're going to be able to see more of the world and spend some time with our family, but it's a bad thing because we have more years to consider that we need income for. So let's talk about some of the risks in retirement and how we may overcome those. The first of which I can think of is just the market in general. It's really fluctuated quite a bit in the past couple of years, hasn't it?
2: Well, just this year, I mean, yeah. it was what twenty-nine thousand, nineteen thousand, thirty thousand—all uh, in one year. That's that's pretty tough, and especially if you're a reactionary. I do know people that pulled out of the market when it was about twenty, and you know, didn't advise that, and now they they took the drop and didn't get the recovery, and because of one decision, their entire lifetime retirement financial plan has been turned on its ear. And so you work your whole life, but you make one decision one day that you're afraid of something. You pull the trigger on something and it affects the rest of your life. That's a that's a tough one. Right. So we don't want to be in a situation where we're reacting to the market. You know, the flip side of that is they might have bought in just, re- I, I know one person did that. They they were afraid of the market their whole life. It hits 28000 Finally, they're, okay, finally, I'll buy it. That would be January. And then in March, they were out again. So not only did they not get the recovery of what dropped, they they lost a third of their their entire retirement portfolio on the way down and didn't even get that back. And now, like I said, their life has changed. So you have to not only consider the risk, the market will be very volatile for the rest of our lives, everyone. Everybody listening, I'm telling you, markets will be volatile. But you have to know who you are. And if you're the kind of person that reacts and when you feel good, you buy, and when you feel bad, you, you sell, you're probably gonna do things in the wrong reverse order.
1: And another thing too, it depends upon when you're gonna retire as far as the market goes, there's something called sequence of return risk. And I've heard about this, I think I understand it, but can you explain it in simple terms so that even someone like me could understand it?
2: Yeah, if, if you uh, start pulling money out of an account and the market's down when you're pulling it, out and the market recovered later, well, it didn't recover on the money you were pulling out. So, you know, if you retired in 2000, say, and the market dropped for three years, you're pulling money out when it's low, that money doesn't ever recover. So if you're, it can have a humongous effect on your retirement. So hopefully you have a situation where the money that's in the market is money you can leave there through the good and the bad times. Because over time, it's usually good. Well, it's always been good historically. That's why we're at near the all time highs. And uh, so, but if you have to keep pulling money out of that, you're uh, upsetting the sequence of of things. Market investments are meant to be long term, so you can ride things out. And if you're pulling money out of your universal life and your annuity and your pension, your social security and your rents, and that's most of what you need to live on, great. You can just let the rest of it ride.
1: But if you're relying on your stock market, you might be at much, much higher risk. Well, Brian, we know that these historically low interest rates are great for people who are buying things such as homes and so forth. But as an investor, low interest rates really do create quite a retirement risk. How so? Well,
2: yeah, in the old days, it was easy. We'd put money into dividend-paying stocks and bonds. And then, you know, we're done because your bond portfolio is yielding 6 or 7%. And you go well. I've got you know million dollars. Uh, I'll put half into bonds, and I'll get you know three thousand a month from that. and I get three thousand from Social Security, and I get whatever else you got. Yeah, I can live on that. Well, now instead of three you know putting half a million in and getting three thousand a month, you're getting uh, three hundred. <laughs> and so you're going well. Wait a second. Uh, those bonds aren't doing what they used to do. So that completely changed our industry. At low interest rates. And and it's even affected annuities. I mean, annuities can't pay as much as they used to because of interest rates being so low. And you go, okay, great, I'll buy dividend-paying stocks. Well, they don't pay as much as they used to. I remember when all the banks were paying 5% or whatever, they, they don't pay that anymore or uh, oil and gas company, anything, you know, even even uh, the good companies out there don't pay any dividends off in Berkshire and a lot of tech companies. So now you're going, huh, so I can't get there on bonds. I can't get there on CDs or money markets. They used to pay 5%. I can't get there with dividend paying stocks. They used to, and the annuities aren't paying as much as they used to. Ugh. Well, yeah, that's kind of it. It's kind of across the board. Even, even rental cap rates are down. So the rentals are even even more difficult. So across the board, we've had a decrease in uh, where we get our income. And that's just a fact of life. And so we have to be a
1: lot more nimble and a lot more creative in the design of our portfolios to account for that. Brian, I think the Fed chairman has said that these low interest rates are going to continue for the time being. But do you think that these low interest rates are going to be with us for a couple of years? Or do you think they're going to be with us for five, ten years? Do you see these interest rates ever rising here, at least in the near future?
2: Well, you know, this is just an opinion. I don't know. Nobody does. I think they're going to be low for quite some time. And the reason I think that I have to have a reason for it, other you know, unlike a lot of people on TV, say things. And you're, <laughs> you're right about did you that. Why would you say that? Yeah, well, I don't know. I thought people think it's interesting. <laughs> okay, <laughs> how about some data? Yeah, here's my data. My data says that if the biggest selling investments in the world are bonds, and people are buying government bonds worldwide uh, with a promise of for ten years of paying less than one percent. Those people are a lot of them are pretty smart because big money's going into that, and they're saying that I don't need more than 06 percent for the next ten years. If you thought rates, if you're a you know a big investor and you thought rates were going to go up, you wouldn't lock your money in for ten years at 0.6. But if you thought they were going to st- be low and stay low, you might, I guess, do something like that. They're doing it. So the fact that long-term yields are so low tells me that the globe, the money, believes that rates aren't going up in the near term. Otherwise, they wouldn't be investing in that. They'd be investing in short-term bonds. Uh, the government wouldn't be selling 30-year bonds or 10-year. They'd be selling you know, T-bills and t- treasury notes and short-term instruments only because people are going, well, I'm going to just invest for a year to three years wait it out, and then put it into the higher rate stuff when it comes out in a couple of years, because I think that's what's going to happen. Well, that's not what's happening. So there's my data, is the trillions of dollars that have flowed into long-term bonds accepting extremely low rates for a very long period of time tells me that uh, I'm not alone in my thought.
1: We're talking about retirement risks here with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services here on Growing Your Wealth. We've talked about low interest rates. They're going down, but Brian taxes. They seem to be going up. At least that's what we're hearing, right? That's right. I have not seen a a whole lot out there about
2: anybody in office saying, hey, we're going to have a big tax cut coming up. No, it's all about how do we raise more revenue. And and there is a lot of stuff that has not come out. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy person. I'm just, you know, a math guy. And I'm saying, well, if these cities and states were really hurting before, And now they've put in policies to get their businesses and their high net worth people to leave their state and businesses were shut down and they're not paying taxes and they're not collecting the city taxes and the sales taxes and now the income taxes and their service promises are going up and pensions are going up. You know, you just do the math and go, oh, how does this equation work? (laughs) Uh, They're... It doesn't. And so I don't see anybody addressing that to, to any extent, saying, you know, I, I even I think I heard it from Como in New York saying, and he, he even said that, you know, there, we can't just keep going back to the rich, you know, which is, boy, a politician saying that, that's something. Because he said, even if we did sock it to, you know, it sounds easy. Oh, just tax the rich more. Even if we socked it to him, we'd maybe raise $3 billion. I need $30 billion. Right. I'm like, oh, where are you going to get that? Maybe you should be talking about that more. And, and so I'm, you know, the, the hole in these budgets is not, well, just tax the rich a little bit more and you'll fill that hole. No, you won't. You know, you've got a few shovelfuls of dirt to fill a cavern. And so it's, it just doesn't work that way. And I, I think that there's going to be a real eye-opening budgetary talks coming up in cities and, and states that are suffering the most and from their policies.
1: Brian, next one here in our retirement risk list, I'm going to lump these two together. It's medical expenses and long term care. I mean, that's really something that can devastate a retirement plan, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you have to account for that. And, uh, you know, sometimes the medical expenses, as they go up in your older age, can be offset by the fact that you may be traveling less or your hobbies are less expensive, that kind of thing. So there might be some offset there. Certainly, long term care isn't covered by Medicare. And, you know, you, you probably want to at least take a look at that. You can buy some nice asset-based plans. So if you don't use the money, it goes to your heirs. And so that's, that's one way to do that. If you have uh, money outside of retirement accounts, you can do that. A lot of people plan on self-funding, that they have enough money coming in. They go, well, yes, we got we would be fine for quite a while, even if both of us needed nursing homes. And usually a lot of people are in that position that I talk to as long as they're not both needing a nursing home for 20 years, you know, which could happen. But often, you know, statistically, men don't stay in nursing homes for very long once they go in. So that, there's consideration there. But you never know. You could have you know, dementia or something for long term. So there's a lot to discuss here. That's why we do financial plans. We look at the what ifs to say, what would it look like if such and such happened? Would you be OK? And do you need some long term
1: care now? Well, I know the medical care and long-term care is super expensive. And as you said, especially if there's dementia involved in that too. But as you said, you know, if you plan it properly, you can self-fund that. But still, good idea to account for medical and long-term care expenses in retirement because they, of course, are a big risk. We've been talking about retirement risk with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And of course, Brian always does build in contingency plans to account for these risks and those plans that he does. If you do not have a plan from Brian at Madrona Financial or the staff here, there are a lot of other advisors who pitch in and help with these plans. You can get that. There's no cost. There's no obligation whatsoever to get yours. 844-MADRONA is the number to call 844-MADRONA. And of course, we invite you to go out to the website. That would be madronafinancial.com, madronafinancial.com. Peruse that website and request your financial plan there. Well, Brian, once again, we are out of time for this week. I want to thank everyone for listening to us. I'm Brian Evans. I'm Jeff. Have a great weekend and a great week. We'll talk to you again next time with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer
2: Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA, that's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on, or even if it's right for them? Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844 Madrona. That's 844 Madrona, or visit them online at
1: MadronaFinancial.com. That's MadronaFinancial.com.